Hi, you are listening to the Hope Church Sermon Podcast. At Hope, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Now, join us as we listen in on a sermon from last Sunday. It is our hope that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. Hey, come on, can we put our hands together for all the volunteering you guys did last week? You guys crushed it, over 80, 80, I think it was like 85 or 86 Dream Team members out serving this entire city. You heard in the video, we want to be a church that if we ever, if we, whenever we're gone, that the city will actually miss us. We launched this church with the, with the, with the phrase, we, we want to love all people at all times and all places. And so one of the ways that we love people is that we serve them and we give to them. So I'm so thankful. Last week you guys killed it. You guys did incredible, incredible, incredible jobs. And uh, what I wanted to thank you for last week is, is your generosity. And because with your time and, and with, your, with your resources, that cost us a lot of money last week, a lot of your resources. So we're able to give. Generosity allows it to happen. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24, that the world of the generous, it gets larger and larger. And so because of your generosity, we were able to do what we did last week. So thank you. That's, that's because of you. So thanks a bunch. I also want to say this to you. We made a commitment last year during our Heart for the House offering to, to, to put in resources to hire and to, put a, to resource our next generation. And so because of that, you guys have done a great job. But we're, we're taking this in, to camp in just a few weeks. We're taking more kids than we've ever taken to camp. And so that's because of you guys. And you guys, we're taking 40 students to camp. Come on, can we put our hands together for that? That's the most we've ever taken to camp. Our, our six-year-old church plant, God is doing some incredible things. And you guys are resourcing a lot of those kids to go. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your generosity. And because of it, we're able to do that. You guys are, are killing it. And so I want to ask you one more time. One of the things about this church is it is a generous church. So I'm going to ask you for your generosity one more time. I'll give you an opportunity to be like Jesus. You heard in the video, we, we pour into Maxie Elementary. It's a, a, an under-resourced school right here in our city. And that they need lots of school supplies, okay. So the last few years, we've been pouring into them. We're really the, the pastors, um, really the pastors of that school. Really, We go and pray with them. We serve them. And if they need something, we serve their teachers all year long. Debbie's the, Debbie really is the pastor of that school. She goes there. and Whatever they need, she takes care of them. And she serves them and does an incredible job. And she's, we help her whenever she asks us to help. We do whatever she tells us to do. That's what we do. And so she's done an incredible job. They love us there. So we're bringing in school supplies next week. And the week after, okay, so that's the next two Sundays, we're bringing in school supplies. Last year, we, we collected backpacks, and you, we, you guys brought in so many backpacks. I'm not asking you for any backpacks this year, okay. You guys killed the backpack game. And uh, we actually had people shipping us backpacks from all around the country. And um, so don't bring any backpacks, paper, pens, pencils, like bring the good stuff, okay. Uh, is it, Diane, is it like 25, 25 cent crayons yet at Publix yet? Is that coming or what? It's coming. So like be looking this week. You got to get Crayola. Don't get that cheap stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Don't get the stuff that Diane and I, we buy our kids because we got four kids. <laughs> Pretend like you only got one kid and buy for that kid, you know. Whenever I make a comment like that, I always, it always happens to be my mother-in-law's here. She's, she's online buying them expensive crayons right now. And she's like, oh, these, they, my kids get to get my grandkids good crayons. She's like, buying, she's like buying them better crayons now. We have a life supply of crayons. Uh, get it shipped this week because we're going to donate to the church. And so... Um, <laughs> My kid's like, how did the church get that? I'm like, I got out of your closet. <laughs> you weren't using it. Um, so let's be generous next week. Um, 
I don't know if Aldi has school supplies, but if they do, go to Aldi. They got, the, they got those things. And so bring all the school. Bring, I'm trying to dig out of an Aldi thing. I made a comment yesterday, earlier. I'm trying to dig out of that with the bass player. So it's getting better. Go to Aldi. Spend all your money at Aldi. I love Aldi. Um, it's awesome. Aldi's awesome. <laughs> um, it'll be funny. You go back and watch the message from the first service. Hey, um, but bring those school supplies next week. Let me hone it back in. Bring those school supplies next week. It's because of your generosity we're able to serve this city. And um, Diana's mom is here today, and her, 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 her dad, Diana's grandparents, her, her dad said this, you can't build a church with spare time and pocket change. And so we believe in resourcing this city, and a lot of you guys have, have jumped on. This is a great place to give at. Because when you give here, we are serving this city. We're making a difference. A couple last week, they, I think they got gas last week at the gas buy-down, and they also got a car wash at the Tijuana Flats. And um, they said, this is so cool because you're actually helping the city. You're actually helping people practically. And so they just said, thank you. And so that, they, they came back to church last week, and we've had a few people come visit that we met along the way at Serve Day, whether it was the gas buy-down or giving free laundry away, free quarters at the laundromat. But um, this is a generous church. It's one of our values. We are generous. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for your giving. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your serving. Hey, um, last week we kicked off a brand new series on the Sermon on the Mount. We're preaching a passage of Scripture the next three weeks, last week, this week, and next week, on a message. We're preaching a, a message that was already preached right out of the Bible. Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 7. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is swinging for the fences during this, this Scripture, okay. A lot of controversy, or a lot of not controversy, a lot of conflicting things with culture or in this passage of scripture. He's saying things like, you guys, you, you ought to do the right thing. And he's like, not only do the right thing, but you ought to think about the right thing. Not only are you ought to, you ought to say the right things, but you ought to think about it. I mean, he is like, he's upping the ante. And the people, they're honestly, they're tired. Because they've been trying to live out these laws their whole entire life. And Jesus tells them, hey guys, do this, do this, do this. And also do this, do this, do this. And also do this, do, do, do this. What Pastor Clint told us last week was just super, super important. He told us this. The point of the Sermon on the Mount is not for you to walk out and say, oh, my goodness, I am the worst Christian in the world. Your point, the point of the Sermon on the Mount is to walk out and say, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Like, I, the point is Jesus. Like, the only person that's ever, that's ever met the mark that Jesus is actually setting in the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus. He's the only one that's ever met the mark. So our goal in life is to be more like Jesus. And the way that we're going to be more like Jesus is to... Try to be like Jesus. Like, he's going to help us. Like, he is the point. The point of the Sermon on the Mount is not do this, do this, do this, do this. The point of the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus. And so in this pastor's scripture today, <clears throat> he's going to give us some more insight on how to be more and more like Jesus. I've always said this to you as a church. When you give, it's an opportunity for you to be like Jesus. John chapter 3, verse 16, Jesus gave his son. He's given. When I ask you guys to get into a group, Jesus himself, he was in a community group. When I ask you to serve and to put in the work, I'm asking you to be like Jesus because Jesus, he did work. And so he's unpacking a few more things for us to be like him. And I don't know if you knew this or not, but you actually are actually called to be like Jesus. The Christians in the early church were actually called little Christians or Christians or Christ-like. We were actually supposed to, to do what he did. We actually are supposed to say what he said. We're, we should be, as we go going through this life, this thing we call life, we should begin to look and act a little bit more like Jesus. All right? And it's hard. It's hard. It's like, honestly, it's like one step forward, two steps back. Like, am I going anywhere? Like, like Pastor Wes, I, I want to be like Christ, but like, I also want to cuss people out sometimes. You know, like, I just like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure it out. Like, I, I want to tithe, 
I, I really do want to give 10% of my income to the Lord because that's a tithe. But I also, I'm like you, Pastor, but I also like tennis shoes. You know, like, like I want to do the right thing, but I also want to do the, do the me thing. I, I want to be like Jesus, but I like to be like me. We, we, studies have told us this. They're, they're, they're coming out with these statistics about study, people are always studying people. And they, I, I read this recently that the number one thing that people like to hear in America today is their name. We like ourselves, if we're honest in your day. If you don't like yourself, hang out with me. I will help you like yourself. Like, we, we, are, we are made in the image of Christ. Like, that should be, I love that song, that, that God's a champion, and he's, he's given us the confidence to go be like him. He's given us the authority to be like him. I'm so thankful for that. So he begun to, we get back in the scripture today, and we're, we're unpacking this thing. And so Matthew chapter 6, he opens up with talking about giving. Like, and no one likes that message. Like, no, and, and so he talks about giving. Thousands of times in the scripture, Jesus talks about giving, because here's what he knows. We like our stuff. We like ourself, and we like our stuff. And so in this passage of scripture, he's saying, guys, I, I get it. He talks about your stuff. And then he talks about praying. And then right when he gets on preaching about praying, he goes back to talking about their stuff again. Because he knows what you and I know. We like our stuff. We like our things. We like them to be, in particular, I was online the other day, uh, Tanya, and I was like, man, I really like those shoes. And sometimes when I like shoes, it's because I, I, I like them, and, I, and then I'll look at them a little longer, I'm like, oh, I already have those. <laughs> Just the check is orange instead of black. You know, like, it is like, it's, it's not a fart, and I'm like, I don't really need this. And I find myself in the computer screen like, I do not need this. And the Instagram, the Instagram gods are saying, yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> we like our stuff. And Jesus hammers that. And so what I want to encourage you today, I'm not, I'm not going to preach the giving passage of Scripture. Because I feel like this is a generous church. It's like you guys want to, you want to resource the kingdom of God. You want to resource change the world. And it takes resources. I think you guys want to do that. And if you, and, and if you, and if you don't do that, like I want to encourage you, like start trying. The Bible tells in Proverbs chapter 11 verse 24, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. If you want your world to get larger, the way for it to get larger is actually to live open-handedly, not close-handed. Let's live open-handed. Let's, let's, let's give good gifts to our children the way Jesus has given us good gifts. He's given us everything that we have, let's live open-handed. You don't get to always see the, the, the drop-offs of the school supplies. You don't get to see the drop-offs of us dropping off 30 or 40 different Thanksgiving meals and turkeys. You don't get to see all the things. Everything that we do, we can't catch on video. It would be awesome if we could. But I want to encourage you, when you give here, it is changing the world. You're making a difference. This is a great place to resource the kingdom of God. But he goes into prayer today. And he says here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, when you guys pray, assuming that you pray because you should pray. Now, if you're here today, let me help you out. I don't know how to pray, Pastor West. The point of prayer is not about you knowing how to pray. The point of prayer is just like the yes, last week's message. The point of prayer is actually Jesus. I don't really know what words to say. It isn't at all in the words. I don't know how long to pray. It's not in the length. It's about Jesus. So he goes, when you guys pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in, and in synagogues where everyone can see them. Like, don't, don't, it ain't, it, ain't all, it ain't all about the outside. Prayer really has more to do with your inside than it does your outside. He's telling them this. I mean, he, he's, he lets them out. He goes, I tell you the truth, guys. If you pray in public and you make a big deal, hey, look at me, I'm praying. That's the only reward that you're going to get. Verse 6. When you pray, go away by yourself. <clears throat> Shut the dough. Like, you can pray by yourself in a, like, you, the point is not prayer. The point is getting to know the creator of the universe intimately. 
He's like, yo, get in, get in the closet. Like, just get with just you and God. Here's the good news with God. Some of you guys are not really used to, like, old school phones. But back in the day, if you didn't have enough money, like, if you didn't have, like, 75 cents a month, like, you, you would get a busy, a busy tone. If someone called you. But if you had 75 cents a month, you got a thing called call waiting. And you could get a beep in on the call. Like, and you could, you could click over. That's for the rich people. Like, some of you are like, I didn't even know they had that. Like, you were poor. You know, like, I'm just, no, no offense to you. You know, I know because I, I was there. There was for a while. I was like, it's like, Dad, our friends, they got a thing where you can click over and, like, you could talk to your other friend while you're talking. And then you can get them all on the same exact call. Like, it was amazing. No offense, Dad. You've come a long way. <clears throat> it's really funny. My parents are a lot more richer now that they got rid of the six kids out of their house. <laughs> Who would have known? They could have been millionaires. But if it wasn't for all six of us kids, you know. They should have thought about that. Um, <clears throat> not judging you. I'm just saying it's not for me. Um, so he says here, when you guys pray, like get in the closet. When you, when you pray, God's going to always answer. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything, he's going to reward you there in that closet. The reward, by the way, is the presence of God. You need the presence of God in your life. When you pray, don't babble on and on like the religious people do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. When I was younger, I used to pray this prayer during Thanksgiving. When my grandpa would pray, I would pray, God, one day I want to be able to pray as long as my grandpa can pray. He'd pray for like 30 minutes. Missionaries, congressmen. My grandpa would pray so long, at some time in the prayer, he would go into a song. In the prayer. I'm going to tell you how good God's been. I'm like, you've already told him. You've already told him. I'm going to tell you how good God, I'm like, do not tell him how good he's been. Like, if that's not what you just did, I don't want, I don't, I want no part in that. And we would go in, we'd go from there to go tell on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. And I mean, we were singing every song in the hymn book. Y'all don't know about the hymn book because y'all are new school. But the point is this. He says, don't go and pray. It's not about all the words. It's about the presence of God. Don't be like them. You're, here's the deal. Your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. So God don't need you to pray so he, can, so he can find out what you need. He wants you to pray them because he wants to spend time with you. That's what he, he, he wants you to have the presence. He wants to spend time with you. He wants, he wants God's love language is quality time. You don't need your gifts. He wants, he wants you to spend time with them. And he says here in this passage of scripture, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father, may your name be kept holy. Our Father... Or another, the KJV says, hallowed be your name. When I read that when I was younger in the KJV, I was like, I have no idea what hallowed means. Sounds, 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 sounds tough. It says, man, let's keep his name sacred. My daughter, I, I found out this week I was getting older. I'm one, I'm, I'm one level older. Here's how I know. Because my daughter says, hey, dad, have you seen those shirts that says Jesus is dope? And I was like, when I was 20, that was so cool. Now I'm, I'm offended for God. Like, Jesus is not dope. He's hallowed. My daughter's like, I don't know what hallowed means. I'm like, I don't either. But the Bible says he is. That's where I'm at. I'm like, I, I, I think he's dope. But I think they meant to put, I'm like, I think they meant Jesus is the hope. Like, I think they, they might have spelled it wrong, honey. And she's like, Dad, you are so old. I'm like, baby, it's, I'm only getting worse. Come on, somebody. Like, I'm just, I just realized I'm getting to the place where Emily came in the other day to staffing. And she had a, granted, she had a, she had a little, like a little slit on her on her shirt. So I, I told her, I said to Emily, I said, Emily, I'm going to buy you a new t-shirt. And she said, Pastor West, I bought it like this. Dang it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I knew that. It looks cool. It looks cool. It looks cool. But he, I, he said, man, he, his name should be holy to you. He's, he's not, 
I mean, he might be dope, but like, he, like he, he's holy. Like, he's hallowed. Like, his name is actually sacred. He goes, here's what he says here. We ought to keep his name holy. May your kingdom come soon. I don't know about you guys in here today, but I'm, I'm ready for God's kingdom to come. Our, our friend, um, he, 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 he lost his life to an overdose a few years ago, and, and it, it was his birthday just yesterday. His, his name was Rob. He was, went to this church, and he lost his life. And I, I messaged him last night on Facebook. He's in heaven. I don't know if Facebook's in heaven. I mean, it's everywhere. I don't know if it's in heaven or not. You know what I'm saying, Caroline? But I messaged him anyways in case he could get it. And I said, Rob, I love you, and I miss you, and, and I, I, can't wait to, I can't wait to be in heaven with you. And I said, tell Jesus I'm coming soon. I'm, I'm ready for the kingdom of God to come. Because if not, you, I think I, w- I want you to know, and we all need to know, it's like a lot of you guys, you're, like, you're trying to make sense of all this. We don't belong here. We don't belong in earth. We're, we're exiles. Our, our last home is heaven. We, we, we belong in heaven. That's where sons and daughters belong. They belong in heaven with the creator of the universe. I don't know, I'm ready for the kingdom of God to come soon because it's not getting better. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enlighten some of you guys for, for just a moment. I, I was recently listening to a podcast, and I heard about this thing. It's called a, um, it's called a, 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 I heard a guy called a cultural convulsion or a, a moral convulsion. And it happens every six years, every 60 years, every 60 years. Okay, let me flash back real quick. And, and a lot of us have never heard this before because we haven't been around for 60 years. I mean, some of us have. I'm not pointing fingers out. But the point is this. Every 60 years, this happens. What we're going through today happens every 60 years. Are you ready for it? In 1963, President Kennedy was assassinated. We think we're in political duress right now. A, a, a president was assassinated. Um, the civil rights movement. We, we see people every single day. That's, we're still talking about civil rights and, and, and equality among a black and white and, and different cultures. And we have what we see happening in Cuba and we're praying. All those things. All, we see all that happening right now. In 1968 was the civil rights movement. Dr. Dr. King was assassinated. 60 years ago. 1968, there was a pandemic. In 1968, there was a pandemic called the Hong Kong flu. It was among the deadliest pandemics in the history. And and then we see that the the Vietnam War was in the 60s. Guys, we're going to go through what we're going through. I don't want to scare anybody. I'm going to give you some hope in just a moment. But it's going to be some years before we sort out where we're at. And, and I would like to suggest to you today, in case I never see you ever again, I would suggest to you this. The only thing that's going to help us get through what we're going through is the presence of God. It's Matthew chapter 6, this passage of scripture. You need this. You need God's word every day, but you need this word for sure. Because I, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and I think a lot of things that you guys are doing, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not knocking them. Like they, I think more money does help. I'm not going to knock that. But can I tell you this? Nothing will help you like the, like the peace of God. I think you, if you want to, you know, if you, if you want to, I think you ought to work on your body. I, I'm, I'm for that. I like to go to the gym four or five days a week. I, I love it. I, I, all the things. I love all. That's important. And I, that's important. Your physical, you only have one, your body's temple of God. I obviously believe the body's important. But here's what I want you to know. There's nothing that will help your body like the presence of God. God, God wants to do an inside job before he does an outside job. You, you, you want your mind right? Like I'm for seeing a counselor because I see one. I'm, I'm for a counselor. But the greatest counselor I've ever met, was his name is Jesus. And you need the presence of God. He's saying, I want you to learn how to pray because you're going to need me. I just want to let you know today, to get through what we're going to go through, you're going to need the presence of God. I told a young lady today, I just, Pastor Russ, I want to be married. I, I'm awesome. Like I've been married for 16 years. We dated for four and a half years prior to that. Like I'm for marriage. I, I love marriage. It's awesome. It, it's, it's, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. It's the most rewarding thing you'll ever do. 
But let me say this. There is nothing that can help you like the presence of God. So you name whatever it is. You name whatever it is. It could be a good thing. But it won't help you like the presence of God can help you. It's, just, it's, it's impossible. And, and so I want to let you know today, like I've been doing my research, what we're going through today in our society, it's going to last a few more years. So I don't know if you feel like you've hunkered down long enough, but I want to let you know you might want to hunker down in God's word. You, you might want to get really close to Jesus because what we're going through, like, like I, I'm thankful for all the things like we, better politics is not going to fix what you, it's not going to fix you internally. More money won't fix you internally. Physi- more physical fitness is not going to help you internally. None of that. The, 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 the self-medicating that we're doing in our society today, whether it be shopping or alcohol, drugs, whatever it is, whatever you're doing, there's nothing that's going to help you like Jesus. So that was freebie for you today for everyone who came. <clears throat> First service didn't even get that. Here's what God says. May your kingdom come soon. Jesus is saying that. Pray this. May, your, may God's will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. We got to be getting ready for heaven. Give us today the food that we need. I don't know if you know it's not, but God knows the food that you need. Paleo, keto, carb, whatever you like, he knows the food that you need today. I had Taylor who was singing today. She was at my house for a sisterhood thing. More and more sisterhood stuff. Shocker. And uh, I go, these <laughs> haters going to hate. I pick up this cookie and I'm like, this is actually pretty good. And she's like, I'm glad you like it, Pastor Wes. It's gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free. I'm like, I don't like it anymore. I cha- I'm like my, my sister, I changed my mind. <laughs> I don't like it. He knows the food that we need. I looked it down, I was like, what did you make? Brownies, I'll take that. So what else did you make? Key lime pie. I was dipping the brownie in the key lime pie. Just, I made that last part up. Anyways, the point is this. I like fool everything. Give us today the food that we need and forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Mike, want to know one of my biggest pet peeves since, well, I have the mic. I'm going to tell you my biggest pet peeves. My biggest pet peeve is Christians who don't forgive other people. The whole deal is based on forgiveness, but we don't do it. What? You, the whole deal, the, everything that we believe is based upon forgiveness of, of one perfect man to another, to, other, to imperfect people, a perfect savior, imperfect people, and we don't want to practice the one thing that he modeled. He says, forgive people the way Christ forgave you. That's how you should forgive people. Over and over and over and over again. And don't let us, and pray this, don't let us yield to temptation. I want to encourage you, church, don't give Satan just a little bit to run with because he will pull the whole stream of yarn out. For all my crafters out there. Just a little bit of string, just, they'll just run with it. Just take it and just go with it. He will, if you give him a little bit, he will take it further than you want to go. He says here in the scripture, if you forgive those who, who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you, refri- if you refuse to forgive other people, your father will not forgive your sins. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they look miserable and disheveled, so people will admire them for their fasting. Jesus wants personal, intimate relationship with you. He loves you that much. He said when you fast and pray, get in the closet and let's hang out together. Let's pray together. Let's fast together. You don't got to just fast 21 days of prayer when we fast in January. You can do it at your house. You can fast one meal. You can fast two meals. You can do water only. You can do it. Just start, start doing it. I tell you the truth. If you do it for a reward, you ain't going to get it. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. I got the first one down. Verse 18. No one will notice that you're, then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father 
who knows what you do in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. The point of this Sermon of the Mount, this chapter 6, is that God wants intimate relationship with you. He wants to be close with you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you. you. He wants that. It's what he came for. You were so far separated from him, and he came so you could have intimate relationship with him. He wants to be close with you. I need you to know this today. I want to give you three, four things that will help you. God knows you. Not only does he know you, but he knows your number. He knows your number. Some of y'all can't even use this kind of phone. You put your finger in there and you get 407. And you, that's how you use it. Anybody ever seen one of these before? Rotary dial phone? Come on, this church is older than I thought it was. A lady said to me, now do you have any old people who go to your church? I'm like, I don't know. We're, at this church, we all feel young. <laughs> 60-year-olds feel like 30-year-olds, and 50-year-olds feel like 20-year-olds. We ain't even got no 70-year-olds, but we need some. We need all the maturity we can get in this church. The band, like the average age is 16. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Dad? We need some wisdom. We need, there's wisdom. Sarah's with me. We need some wisdom. God knows your number. The creator of the universe, he knows your number. He knows you. He knows me. Everything that you don't want people to know about you, he knows you. Your secret sin, that's why it's called a secret sin. No one knows about it. God knows you. He knows me. Here's the second thing that you need to know. God wants you to get to know him. It's cool that he knows me. I love that. But he wants me to know him. Wes, get in that prayer closet. Get one-on-one -on -one with me and spend time and talk to me and get to know me more. God wants you to get to know him better. You will never get to know him until you start talking to him. You're not going to accidentally wake up and say, I know, I know a lot about God. You have to answer his call. There's a thing out called phantom vibration. And it's this idea of you, you think your phone vibrated in your pocket, but it didn't. Because you're so used to checking the notifications. Some of y'all, when you leave today, you need to turn off your notifications. That will change. Some of y'all, that would change your life. Some of you guys will feel like, you're, you're so, you'll feel like Billy Graham if you just turn off your notifications. You'll feel so close to Jesus. You're, you, you, you're answering the enemy all day long. You're answering, you're answering things that you don't, you don't even want to see it. From people that you don't even like. And you're, you're fun. I gotta like their thing because I need them to like my thing. And they, no, 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 you don't need to. You don't need to check everything. Everything that's in your phone doesn't need to come to you. They, they're, they're saying this, that we don't even know how much damage the iPhone has actually done to us quite yet. We're seeing the effects of it, but it's only going to get worse. I'm not against it. You're like, oh, man, he's got a, Pastor West, you got a flip phone. I'm not, that's too far. <laughs> he was. I love Jesus, but not that much. Come on, somebody. Like, we got to get to know, we got to, do you want to, I want to get to know him. I don't want to, I'd be, I'd be weird if I told Diana, I was like, hey, you know, like, I, I know what Diana likes, she knows what I like. But wouldn't that be weird if she only knew what I like? My birthday's in a few weeks. She's like, well, let me guess, pair of shoes. I'm like, well, we don't, we, well, there's no guessing, you know what I'm saying? Let's make it really clear, you know. Like, it would be weird. Like, we, we got to get to know each other. We got to get to know God. It would be weird if you walk around like, man, God knows everything about me, man. God knows, God knows everything about me. God knows everything about me. And you don't know anything about him. You don't even know what hallowed means. Like, come on, you got to get to know God. Here's the third thing I wrote down. Not only does he know you, but he knows what you need. 
He knows what, the creator of the universe knows what you need. He knows what I need. Now here's the problem. I meet a lot of Christians who are walking around empty-handed. And here's why they're empty-handed. Because we're not asking God for what we need. We're asking God for what we want. You don't, and it, you don't really don't even, it's really not even help, what you're asking for is not even going to help you. Like, you need God. You need the presence of God to get through what we're about to go through. I'm not a doom and gloom guy. I don't, I don't, I, I was reading this recently that the reason why there are conspiracy theories is because people need them to help make sense of what's going on in our world. I don't, I don't, I don't need that. I don't need that. Because if you read through the rest of Matthew, you'll get to the very end and it'll tell you the world's going to look like what it looks like today. It's going to tell you that. This was written, this was written a long time ago. And we, and it, prophetic, like the whole thing is prophetic. It was all written for the, for the future. We have this book. It's telling us that the, it's going to get, it's going to get worse. And now man's telling us, hey, it's going to get worse. The effects of what we're going through are going to get, we're going to get worse. We're working on some things. We're praying for some things that are behind the scenes right now and that we're asking God to give us. Because we know what people need is Jesus. God knows what you need. God, I just want this, God. Like, how many of you guys, well, I'm not going to ask you, but some of you guys, when you pull up to a place, you're praying and asking God for like, like a front row parking spot. You ever been there before? That's, God does not care about a front row parking spot. That's like, you need to advance your prayer request. Like for more spiritual things. Like, God, please, when I go to buy these shoes, let there be a discount code. That's more important. You need to, some of you, you know, some of you guys are like, I'm taking my faith to honor love Pastor Wes. <laughs> Come on. I, I like those, I like those, uh, I like those Air Max 90s. They're 150, God. But when I, in the name of Jesus, when I turn on the screen, let them be 89.99. Anything under 100, my wife won't notice. Come on, somebody. Like. That's, that's kind of stuff I'm praying for. That's just where my heart's at. Here's the last thing. The more time you spend with God, the more you will know what you need. He'll let you know. He'll let you know. So today I believe with all my heart, Jesus, Jesus is calling some of you guys today. He just wants you to pick up the phone. I don't know how to pray, Pastor West. Here's the good news. When you pick it up, he'll start talking. He will start, he'll, he'll start communicating to you. You know what he's going to say to some of you guys if you pick the phone and start talking to him? Hey, I want to let you know today, God, when you pick the phone, God, God's going to say you this. Hey, I know you thought that divorce was going to break you, but I want to let you know I'm for you. I have a plan for you. I still love you. I got a plan for you. And you're going to be okay. That's what some of you God, God would say to you guys. Some of you guys, if you pick the phone today, God would say, hey, I know that, um, I know you really think you need that relationship, but what you really need is me. If you'll take the next couple years, the next couple months, and just spend time getting to know me, I will bring you Mr. Right. So you can quit chasing Mr. Wrong. Come on, somebody. I meet too many people chasing Mr. Wrong. When I just got to pick up the phone. God I, God, I just need this. Just pick it up. Some of you guys who pick up the phone, and God's going to say, hey, I want to let you know I know you're broken. I know you're beat up. And I know you're hurt. But I want to let you know I love you still. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're called. You're chosen. You are a champion. You're more than a conqueror through Christ. And he'll tell you that. I want to invite you to stand to your feet. And we're going to worship God today. Here's something you all need to do. Just bow your head and close your eyes. Right Would you just tell God this? God, I'm going to start picking up the phone. That's it. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Just say this, God, I'm going to start picking up the phone, God. And I'm going to listen to whatever you say, God. I'm just going to do that. God wants to speak to you. I believe he's speaking to us today. But if we don't answer the phone, if we don't even pick it up, then we're not going to hear his voice. Dear Jesus, would you please let us be a church that picks up the phone when you call. 
God, would you let us be a church that realizes and believes with all of our heart and all our mind, all of our soul, that we can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. Would you help us to be a church that can hallow your name, that we can keep your name holy and keep your name separated, God. Would we believe with our hearts and our soul and our mind and strength that when we, when we answer the call, you will speak to us and you will give us the life that we've always wanted. You'll give us the life that we need and we'll be able to separate the good from the bad and God, and we'll take all that you want from us. We'll give you all that we need. We'll give you all that you want from us, God. You can have our lives, say God. Consecrate us, God. Make us holy today. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Hope Church, please feel free to visit us at hopewintergarden.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We hope you have a blessed day.